So as long as I got my friends, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better. He say I'm hot, I'm so fickle. Pull up on him in my vehicle. He said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you must be from Brazil, I must be from Mexico. Roll up on him in my letting book. Jump out like, Skrr, yeah, bro. You need a chick like me to make you wanna leave them at the bars, you know, nail. Yeah, I like that. Yes, welcome to Views from the Chicks 2017 edition. We're back like we never left. It's your girl, T. It's Joey. It's <laughs> We're like the ultimate rap group right now. Ultimate rap group. <laughs> You're like, uh, it's Joey? Kwana? <laughs> okay, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Views from the Ticks. We're back. I know you missed us. I know you missed us, but we're here. We're sorry. We're here. A lot of things has happened since we last touch base with you guys so let's do a little quick little rundown what are we starting with ladies let's talk about the inauguration of the 40 uh, what is he the of the 46 one? asshole of the united <laughs> states <laughs> is that the right number though 46 i thought he was 45th right 45th well you know in our last episode so we were discussing, trying to figure out who was going to perform. Who mm-hmm. was going to be the Bobo the Fool that said, I'm going to perform at the inauguration. And guess who it was? Who was it? It was Chrisette Michelle. Mm. Yeah. What are our thoughts? I never, she never even crossed my mind. I didn't think that she, she didn't. Agreed. No. She was not no, on our radar. Neither. She was not on the radar. Um. Well, she's performed for other presidents, yeah. so she said. I remember she performed for the Obamas. And she also said that she didn't get paid for Obama. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't have to pay me. I, 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 like, I know. A lot of people were proud. Uh, and they okay. Maybe that was her choice. Yeah. Yeah. The, the amount of publicity and stuff she's going to get from that, I could see why... Maybe somebody would forego the pay and just be like, hey, I'll just do it because people are going to know your name after that anyway. So I guess in her mind, she felt like, you know, I'm doing this just because I want to be involved and I'm proud to have this man as my president. And then people are going to know her through that. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. the money will come to her later. Okay. But, uh I I'm feel like, like she did it. She said she, I mean, I think we all three of us listened to The Breakfast Club, her interview. She said she did it because she wanted to start a conversation. Okay. Oh, so, God. honey, boo, chow, chow, clack, clack, boom, clack. What did you, what conversation did you start? Like, I don't get it. You didn't even get to meet Trump. You know what I mean? And my, oh. and my thing is like, okay, you want to start a conversation oh. with people who are not checking for you. A conversation, you can't talk to yourself. A conversation is a two-way street. Well, she said people checking for her. She said she's getting calls. I don't know what kind of calls, but she's getting calls from politicians that want to have conversations with her. So she felt like she... And then my problem with her is she's like, oh, okay, I wore a Basquiat skirt. Mm-hmm. Yes. She kept saying Girl, who cares? Repeatedly, repeatedly. I mean, I love, I love Basquiat. But she, she said it as... A, and then she told the story of like... An older white woman that she was yeah, sitting next to. Yeah, yeah. 
was but like, anyway, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, what is this? And she said, oh, it's Basquiat. And she said, who's that? So she tells this woman who Basquiat is and about his art and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh my goodness, that is something you keep forever. And she's like, in that moment, I just felt so seen. I'm like, girl, please, because she <laughs> liked your skirt. What are you talking about? And my thing is, she kept, she kept having to basically prove to people by saying, I'm an artist, you know, I'm an artist. I keep it in the art. I keep it in the art. And it's like, you're talking about you want to have a conversation, which is fine. Okay, I get it. We need someone on the inside to have a conversation, blah, blah, blah. But you're trying to start a conversation with simple-minded people. They don't got time to be deciphering your art. They, they don't. don't got time to be looking at your skirt. First of all, I saw her outfit, and I didn't even realize. I mean, I saw it was Basquiat, mm-hmm. but she's talking about what it depicted and everything. That didn't even click to me. I, I just looked at her. And, was and, like, and oh. they don't care either, girl. You're there to entertain them and leave, exactly. and that's what you did. Yeah. So what are you talking about? You want to start a conversation? Like, girl, just say you needed the money and, like, and move on. I would have been actually more impressed with her saying, you know what? Me I too. Check because that's honest. You gotta I would have been like, cool. yes, look, times are hard. She's engaged to someone who has a lot of money. I think she did it. You know what? I think as a celebrity, there's like a struggle between um, my art and I'm me wanting to be seen. You know what I mean? Like, I think as celebrities, you struggle with that. Like, okay, do I only want to focus on my art and only cater to this niche group of people who are writing for me? Or do I do something that's going to push the envelope, that's going to cause a conversation, that's going to give me 15 minutes of fame because I feel like I have not had that. So let me do this so that I can be on every news station, I'll be on every blog, and you'll be on every podcast. Everybody will be having a conversation about you because nobody was having a conversation about Chrisette Michelle before. I mean, I love her music. I think she's awesome. I think she's I so, do too. I think her voice is crazy. But I mean, there's ways you go about it. It's like kind of selling your soul. You know what I mean? And, and T, I agree with you, but literally she could have said that. Mm-hmm. She could have been like, you know what, guys, it's been a while since people have been checking for me. And I, you know, and I'm honest about that. I understand that, like, I'm out here, I'm working, but like, you know, people aren't really looking for the music. And I wanted to do something to kind of shake it up a little bit. I knew people would be upset. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and for me and my music and paying my bills, like, this was something that I think could have helped me bring in a few more fans or whatever even if it didn't you know sit well with her current fans like just sit just say that but don't act like you know god gave you a vision and said go perform at the inauguration to start a conversation about black lives matter and stuff that's not true like stop but then she also said oh did you guys listen i sing a gospel song i was giving them the word and tried to make it more deep than it really was and i'm just like krista babe yes yeah the whole interview was like this kind of fake deep consciousness yeah you know i am here to start a conversation and to you know start talking how can we get things going and how can how can things get better if we're not present and if we're not there and if we're not seen and blah 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 girl they called a million other black people <laughs> to be there and everybody said no right. so like like literally you you feel like you're there because oh you know they called on me Chrisette Michelle because I am an artist and I am going to bring whatever she felt like she was going to bring no you were there because they needed somebody to perform you said yes you performed and you didn't even get to shake the man's hand like no like like 
does does she really think that her performance like actually started a conversation besides why were you there? No, like, I think she what, wanted to she? be. I think she wanted to be Trump's musical Amorosa. That's what I feel like she wanted to mm. be. <laughs> well, she still failed at that too. Shit. <laughs> It would have been different. She was saying, like, oh, I didn't do this for views, and oh, they didn't bring me on to be a speaker. You have a microphone in front of your mouth, okay? When someone like, you know, Taraji P. Henson, she just won the SAG Award with the cast of Hidden Figures, and she gave a beautiful speech. You have the mic. That that was the point in time for you to have a speech. The thing was live. Mm-hmm. You could have said whatever you wanted, regardless if they would have been mad or not. You would have got your point across. That would have made a difference. Right. Then you just singing on stage like no one's really listening to you exactly but then she wasn't gonna mess she wasn't gonna mess up that check she wasn't gonna mess up that check she was gonna do what she was called to do she she gave an interview with billboard magazine and she said that when uh because they don't give you like a your price up front like they ask what her fee is and Mm -hmm. she said when they when she sent them her fee they said we don't have it so i don't know if she got more than that, less than that. Well, Doesn't matter. Only she knows. I would have respected her more if she went on stage and acted a fool and was like, Trump don't like black people. Full of Kanye. Full of Kanye. Because if it's like, okay, you're never going to get this chance again. And it's like, if you don't want to mess up your check, you don't want to mess up what you're doing. This was your big moment. You already said that you got, you didn't get paid for performing for Obama. So you and this check situation mm-hmm. got nothing to do with your message. Right. Do your message. Right. I want to play. She wasn't going to mess up that check. But I want to <laughs> play devil's advocate really quick because I feel like when um Kanye had his quote unquote meeting with Trump, everyone all was forgiven. No, everyone is still. Was it? Yes, everyone no. thought it was Kanye. No. Fan. People hate, people dragged his ass. No. ass. People dragged Kanye. Oh, Are you kidding me? No, no, no. People were not mm-hmm. here for Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kanye fans mm-hmm. probably because they're like hardcore Kanye, but even then. Because yeah, whatever he does, they don't care. But I don't he feel didn't. like everyone's dragged, dragged him as much as they're dragging Chrisette. Because she didn't perform at the inauguration. That was a big deal. Performing versus having a meeting. I feel that's like a big deal. But the man went on stage and said, "I if I voted, I would have voted for Trump." But Kanye says a lot of stupid shit, so I feel like people weren't really. That's I mean, but that's even not with fair. Um, keep giving him a pass for everything he says as it's like stupid. No. Yeah, but he. I don't yes, know. Seriously. Yeah, people that's, are just like whatever. Yeah. But why don't I'm, we take him seriously? He's speaking. Obviously, he feels this way. Like I don't understand it. Like I feel like it's like a double standard. We're like bashing and going on Chrisette, but then Kanye doesn't get the same. Like, no, because I feel like we have went in on Kanye many no, times. I didn't take her seriously when she was saying all this stuff. <laughs> I was like, she wanted money, and Kanye's crazy. There we go. Yeah, people I mean, are I guess I'm just saying, you guys too, but just like media-wise, they're just like going on Chrisette, but no one is really talking about Kanye in the same... I don't know, that's how I feel. I feel like she's getting harsher Yeah, but people did that. People dragged Kanye for meeting him. People dragged Steve Harvey in the dirt for for meeting right. with him. But at the same time, like, Kanye is well, such a common name. Chrisette Michelle is like coming out of left field. Like, where you come from? Oh, you really needed that check. Like, if Kanye was performing at the inauguration, people would drag him, but it would be like, that's Kanye. Like, <laughs> I feel he, like they still go to his show, yeah. regardless. Oh, he's well, just, Kanye he's fan- just a mad genius, so you know you gotta just... You that's know. because Kanye fans are like, ride or die, they will do... Like, Kanye could go out and say, like, everybody, like... You know, go kill your dog, and everybody God be damn. like, "Yeah, Kanye, <laughs> God kill your damn. dog." Like, okay, but Nobody that's how Kanye's fans are. They 
that I mean, dog, no dogs were hurt in the making of this podcast, but like <laughs> that's how Kanye's fans are. They are like ride or die by his word. Like he can say the craziest thing, or and everyone's like, wrong. "Yeah!" Like it, it doesn't like they're insane. It doesn't matter, you know. They they will co-sign whatever he says. So even when people are dragging Kanye, he still has a whole bunch of people who are like, "No, you just don't understand him, and he's beyond everybody's comprehension." And blah blah blah. He's a genius, and it's like, well, whatever. I think Trump had a conversation with him because he didn't want Kanye going off the handle and saying crazy stuff about him. I think that's what it was. I think he was trying to cover his ass. Oh. <laughs> Trump is Trump is just like, oh, how do I get the blacks on my side? Let's have a photo op with Kanye, and Kanye can say I'm a good guy. Then the blacks will be on my side. That's what Same he's thinking. Same thing they did with Harvey. Dumbass. But yep. also, who performed with Chris that was also Travis Green, and he's been um, gospel singer. Yeah. And I think he's absolutely amazing, and I'm a little disappointed. I'm disappointed in him too. Like I, I'm. Being the same person I was talking about with Kanye, I'm disappointed in him too. I'm disappointed in him equally as I am disappointed with Chrisette Michelle. Because mm-hmm. why would you do that? <laughs> but no one's talking about him because he's not. I guess I don't know. I don't know why no one's talking about yeah. him. I guess a lot dope. of people, if you don't listen to that, well, honestly, a lot of people didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't listen to gospel on the regular, like I, I, I heard his song, but I didn't know it was him. him. I was like. Mm-hmm. Travis Green. But then when I heard the song, I was like, okay, I've heard the song, so now I know who he is. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he he said that, you know, God put it on my heart and spirit to perform. Okay, well. Okay. I mean, people are going to be disappointed, but, you know, but it seems that people know that going in. Like, and of course, Chrisette knew that because she tried to hide it. So don't act like you were, you know, this was some amazing thing and you know just performing was some great thing that you were doing because for the first few days you were trying to hide it and then when it came out that you were performing then shit hit the fan and then you were trying to like get in front of it and be like oh no I'm there to start a conversation no you're not because when you said yes it was like it was sort of hidden like People didn't find out she was performing until a few days before she actually did. Well, she said she said when she accepted, when she gave him the OK Go, she turned her phone off because she knew that she was going to get flack for it. And she didn't want that to, like, mm. get in her head or whatever. She wanted yeah, to- and they were trying to keep it under wraps. Like, you tried to hide it. So don't even, like, try to act like, oh, no, I, I wasn't hiding it. I was just, you know, I'm there to start a conversation. No. The moral of the story is don't sell your soul for a check. Okay. All right. Next. Let's see her her next project. Yes, we've given her enough time. I don't want to talk about her no more. So what's next? So you guys know I have to talk about the new edition movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. That has been the wave since last week. It is amazing. I don't know if you ladies got the chance to see it, but it's so, so good. And I'm so happy that their story was told in the way that it was. Mm. It was truly amazing. I've been literally listening to new edition all week. All damn week, Get black Twitter going fucking crazy. <laughs> like, no, literally, like you know, you know how we are. I feel like as a community, when we see, especially black men, when we see them doing something positive, for the most part, we get together and celebrate it because mm-hmm. we don't see that often. That's not a image that we see very often, at least portrayed to us on TV. So I think it was a really, really great experience. I love it. 
I love it. Yay! And shout out to Lane. I Lee need James. to get up on that. I've yes, shout out to yeah, shout Lee. out to all the guys. Yeah. Really? I've heard nothing, nothing but great things about it. And unfortunately, I've been like sick under my covers, just trying to get better. So I have not been watching barely any TV. But I, um, it is on my DVR as we speak, so I will be <laughs> jumping on that soon. Yes. No, seriously, like take the time. It was a three, it was a three-day special, so it was a mini-series. So in total, it's like six hours, give or take commercial, okay. five, five and a half. Oh my gosh! So give yourself time. I know. Hey, so that's like three movies. It really was. I gotta really give myself was, a lot of time. <laughs> but no, it's good, guys, and it's something I feel like it's important for our community to see that, mm-hmm. and I feel like. Hopefully, this will open the door for that new wave of R&B. I know we were talking about this yes. in the last episode as well. Wanting R&B back for 2017. Yes. So I really feel like this movie has set the tone. And, you know, it had Usher and, like, even LeBron James was, like, talking about it. Like, everyone was talking about, like, this mm. music should be, this is what yeah, R&B sounds be. like. So we and, spoke you know, it into and, existence. <laughs> we spoke it into existence. We were talking about we want R&B for 2017. So let's, see, it let's see if it happens. And here it is. Here's just like a little taste. So maybe this will get people's like creative juices going. I think so. They're re. First of all, let me just say, whoever was it, Chris Robinson? I think it was Chris Robinson. Mm-hmm. They did an amazing job recreating the songs, the videos, everything to a T. And wow. Luke, so Luke James, you know, he played the part of Johnny Gill mm-hmm. and. Algie, Algie Smith played Ralph Transvan. So for the second part, um, Ralph, you know, he's very soft-spoken, and Luke had that deep voice because he's for Johnny Gill. And when they came together and sang, Can You Stand the Rain, girl, uh-huh. I have to play a clip. Listen, just listen to this. Listen. biopics and they try to recreate the singing and they're all lip singing and mm-hmm. have to act yeah. singing like they actually ah, you got, better come with the vocals for real they got a good group of guys that can actually sing are actually talented mm-hmm. can actually act I love that 
and they did it. So quick shout out, big shout out to Luke James, Algie Smith, Eliza Kelly, Bryce Share Gray, and Keith Powers. Big and shout out to them. Nice. I love the fact that you don't. Everything doesn't always have to be on the big screen. You can watch it on the little screen sometime, and it'll still be good, and you still get the recognition that you deserve. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm sure you know you can't have a six-hour movie in the movie theaters, you know what I mean? So it's kind of good that they did it on TV, Uh so then you can just pick it up and watch it whenever you want. Exactly. And I feel like it was necessary. I'm happy that they did it this way, because since it's three parts, you know, it shows different chapters of their lives. Uh So the first part is when they were younger, when they first got started. They were like 10, 11, 12 years old. And then the second part is when they're like teenagers. And the last part is when they're like in their late 20s growing up to to men. Hmm. So Hmm. I thought it was... It's great. Just really, really check it out. And what's also good is, like, it introduces people today to what music was like back then. Because back then, they didn't have Snapchat and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes and the music industry and everything. So, just check it out. Yay! (laughs) Will do. Um, if you wanted, uh, if you could pick a group to see a biopic on, who would you pick? Well, I'll, I'll say this. After watching this movie, I want to see one of Boyz II Men because mm-hmm. I didn't know that Mike Bivens is the one that put Boyz II Men on. And they're actually, they actually got their name from one of the new edition songs called Boyz II Men. Oh. And there's like a clip and I think it was the third part where Mike Bivens is on going on the tour bus and this group of boys come and they're just like oh we want to sing for you we're inspired by you and they were boys to men and I was just like oh my god oh gotcha wow so that's full circle mm-hmm. what about you guys who do you want to see well I heard that there may be a Destiny's Child biopic coming so Ooh. that's I, I kind of want to see that really oh yeah are we gonna get the real real with that Cause that's that's the thing I want to see the real well, yeah please if Lifetime has anything to do with it I don't want it yeah 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 <laughs> and the casting better be good yeah Beyonce better just play herself. <laughs> and even no matter if that person is great, no one's going to be satisfied with that. No oh, why don't we? Why don't we wait like fifteen years and Blue Ivy can play her mom in a biopic? <laughs> <laughs> that would That'll be so cute. That would be. But yeah, but what's new in music? So we got a lot of things dropping this weekend. Yeah. Well, February third, we got projects coming from Big Sean. We got project project from SZA, mm-hmm. project mm-hmm. from SZA. Finally, I didn't think I didn't think that was gonna be released at all. With all that label stuff she was going through, yeah, and she's it been is, looking bomb lately. Like yes, she has. So I'm like ready. I know. For I'm like she's looking all good. Where the music at, girl? I know. It's, you know, it's like she's giving you a little taste. You know, she's trying to app. You know, whet your appetite, and then you know you're gonna just lay the music on you, and you're gonna be. It's gonna be a whole package, and you're gonna be very satisfied. <laughs> I'm here because you know she's a Jersey girl, so hey, and all the Jersey gotta girls support, in the house. Gotta support. Exactly. Very so excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for Big Sean. I love him. I think he's super super dope. So yes, as you guys know, we are Big Sean fans. So I decided. Mm-hmm. February 3rd, we have Sid from the internet as well. Mm-hmm. I just that don't want Sean talking. Oh, yes, it's a pre-order right now. Is it? Yeah, on a, on a iTunes, on Apple Music, it's on pre-order. Oh, nice. nice. That's awesome. Nice. And then we also have Samfa with Process all on February 3rd, so please check it out. 
Yes. That's crazy. We'll be doing a little review. Good music coming. Soon. So we'll probably do like a bonus mm-hmm. episode to talk about it. So stay tuned for that, guys. Yeah, we have our homework cut out for us. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm excited. Exciting homework. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. for you ladies listening to right now, who am I listening to right now? Besides New Edition? I'm going to have to run through this little <laughs> iPod real quick. I'm listening yeah. to, I'm loving um, James Arthur. Um, I know we featured him mm-hmm. on the page, but he has this like song, Say You Won't. Say You Won't Let Go, and I just love his voice, and I feel like he kind of goes with kind of our topic today, because he's just so good, and mm-hmm. I like that powerhouse voice, and I love the, like, storytelling, and, like, I don't know, it, he just, like, pulls me in um, at my heartstrings, so that's who I'm listening to, um, but yeah, and I've also been I'm with taking a re-listen to Rihanna, her anti because she's one like she's getting so many accolades for this album. So I also mm-hmm. took a re-listen to mm-hmm. that again. I'm like, okay, let me see where you know why she's because I love her, but like just everyone who's listened to the album, you know, from last year, they like love it. So and she's like, yeah, getting so many awards and stuff for it. So I'm happy for her, proud of her. Yeah. Well, um, I have been listening. I listened to Kaylani's new album today, Sweet Sexy Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Apple Music, you know, sticking with the R&B um, tip that we're all on right now. And I have to say, I guess maybe I was expecting too much, but I do. I love her first album so much, and maybe that sort of clouded my judgment mm-hmm. on this one. But I, I still, I think her first album was... Better or was it an EP or an album? That's what I was confused about before. Which one? You, the, should, um, be you should be here, right? Yeah, that was her album. This one, there were some good tracks, but I also feel like there's a lot of filler tracks. Yeah, that weren't like strong, but they were kind of like, okay, we'll put this on the album. I don't know. Like, I feel like her mixtapes were much, much better, and you should be here. Obviously, was like solid, a solid project, but. I don't know. Maybe it'll, it's one of those things that have to grow with you or songs that you kind of just play just to yeah. like a vibe, I like, guess. I had it on, I played, I had it on for maybe, cause the album is about an hour. Mm-hmm. So I had it on for about three hours or so, just like letting it play, just listening to each song. And I just found myself skipping songs. Mm. And I, and I usually don't do that. Usually I listen all the way through. And then maybe after a few times of lis- listening to it all the way through, then maybe I'll gravitate to my favorites. But mm-hmm. yeah, I found like the first time I'm listening to it, I'm skipping songs. I'm like, dang, let me go back and like play it again. And you know, but yeah, I, I think, I think my love of her first album just sort of clouded this one. Mm-hmm. So I may have to give this one another, another try. Yeah, I'll listen to it again. Like, I played it, and I did end up going back to her previous ones. I feel like the singles that came out, like Distraction and Crazy, I feel like those were the stronger of, what is it, 16 or 17 songs on the album? I think Uh, it was the 18. Well, the deluxe version is 18. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. those were, like, the strongest of those. I do like Advice. Um, Everything is Yours. I like that song. But I'll really have to go (laughs) listen to it again to really see. Yeah. But I also listened to Nick Grant's Mm -hmm. new album, Return of the Cool. 
And um, it's really good. It's only 11 songs. Mm -hmm. So it's about 37 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And I really like, um, you know, his rapping and all that stuff. And I always hear his name, but I've never actually, like, sought out his music Mm -hmm. to listen to. And he's really good. I really like it. It's very soulful. He's cute, too. Yeah. I watched his interview with The Breakfast Club, too. It was really good. Then he freestyled. Ah. at the end of the uh, interview. So it was really good. Yeah, it's pretty soulful. Uh, really like the kind of music you might be listening to, you low rider, you know, just like with your gangsta lean in the, in the front seat, just sort of like cruising through town. Music. Yeah, it's, it's really good though. So I thoroughly enjoyed Nick Grant's album. That reminded me of one quick thing, because you said 11 songs. So I was watching an interview that Big Sean did with Zane Lowe from Beats One, Beats One Radio. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Big Sean was saying how artists, when you're on a label, depending on the label you're on, of course, but they give you a certain limit in the amount of songs that you can have on your album. And he was just like, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's a big constraint, because if you want to tell a story that might need to take 15 songs to tell, you have to come out of pocket and pay for the extra four songs that you want on your album. And I was just like, mm-hmm. that is fucked up. Wow. That is fucked up. I didn't up. know that. So yeah, so he was like, when you when you see the artists that you love are putting out these short albums, it's because they don't want to put out the extra money to, you know, pay for these songs. And he's like, sometimes the story they want to tell might seem incomplete. Right. Or like they have a lot of like, mm. you know, blank space. And he's like, that's why. He was just like, you don't know how many arguments I have to get into with people in the record label because of that. So I was just like, oh, okay. So it made me think like, mm. all right. <laughs> I guess so it, how can Kehlani have 18 songs girl? and Nate Grant have 11? I mean, I guess it depends on the label. I don't, I don't know if they're on the same label. Or maybe she paid for the extra. Who knows? All right. Well, so shall mm-hmm. we get into today's topic? For today's topic, we're going to discuss Blue-Eyed Soul. How do we feel about it? Is that cultural appropriation or not? So for those of you who don't know, it's basically someone of the Caucasian persuasion who does soul <laughs> music. <laughs> something that was coined in like the mid um, 1960s right and it's actually a genre of music yes it is yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so how do you what is the definition of that genre what joey just said um the term was coined in the mid 1960s to describe white artists who perform soul and r&b that was similar to the music of the motown record labels, and it says, though many rhythm and blues radio stations would only play music by black musicians, some began to play music by white musicians considered to have soul feeling, which Mm. came to be called blue-eyed soul. Mm, Okay. Well, let's talk about it first. What do you guys feel about the subject? Do you think it's a controversial topic, or do you take offense to it? No. Personally, I don't. What do you think, Z? How do you feel? Okay, so I had one perspective, and then now I have another. Because what was I watching? I was watching Bill Maher um, over the weekend, and he was talking about the hidden fences. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, like, you know, cultural, like, appropriation. And he was just like, you know, someone made, like, you know, he was just saying someone made a mistake. As an art form, like, everyone can take something from an art form and, like, make it, you know, do their own interpretation or blah, blah, blah. It's like there's a difference when, like, you, like, copy something, like, exact to be, like, the same replica as someone. But if you're inspired by someone musically, 
and, you know, they bring something out of you um, in your artistry, then I don't think there's a problem with that at all. I think music is for everyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, I think you take what you get from it. And I think, I don't think music should be limited to one certain race or one certain type of person. If it if it's in your body, it's in your soul to sing a certain way, then why not? Like, I feel like if you're good, whoever around you is going to receive it. And if it comes off naturally, then everyone will be on board. But if you come off fake and you're trying to be like what a record label is trying to put you in a box to be like okay I need you to be the white version of you know Rick James or something you know what I mean like that's different that comes off as phony but like if you're naturally and it's in your soul and it's in your blood to sing this way or act this way then I'm for it I'm down I'm down with the get down I don't even think it needs to have a coin Mm -hmm. blue-eyed soul you just a musician you do your thing you just got a little bit of soul in you Mm -hmm. that's what I think I feel like I see why the the term blue eyed soul was very relevant back then because I feel like the, the way the way the genres are today, I feel like genres don't really exist, so to speak, anymore because mm-hmm. everyone's kind of taking picking apart from each different genre and they're breaking down into subgenres and then that subgenre has its own genre and it's like everyone's kind of doing everything, mm-hmm. which also kind of orders the line of authenticity for me too because then it's like are you doing it because it's hot or are you really like this? But, like, back yeah. then, I feel like genres are very distinctive. It's like, okay, you do this, I do that. So I don't right. really like labels or believe in the genres because, you know, growing up, we all listen to everything, really. So right. I, don't, I don't take offense to it, but I see why it was relevant back there. And I feel like the appropriation part comes more from people's opinions and the business side because it's like, you have record labels, there's probably a black artist or whatever who is doing soul music, but for marketing purposes, they want to kind of take that person's image, put it, attach it to someone else so that that person can sell the records because it's, it sucks when you have someone who's really talented who is black singing soul music and you have someone and they're singing something and they're not doing the greatest job at it, but they're more successful. I feel like that part is the issue, but I don't know. I, I feel like I called with it. I feel like I called that the like Adele factor too because you know people like I think Adele has like a great voice and she can I feel like she should be I should think she should be on the list of Blue Eyed Soul too because like listening to her like before C Mm -hmm. yeah like without seeing her and I would hear her I'm like oh yeah she's black no her voice her vocal range yeah that's a black Mm -hmm. person you know I thought Sam Smith was a black woman I really did (laughs) I I swear on god I really did I was so surprised A black woman? Hell yeah. Yeah. Black? Yeah, I can hear that. A black woman? Yes. Yeah, I hear that. On Disclosure's Latch, I was just like, oh my God, who is this? Or like a black man who has really high pipes, but definitely like, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Oh, I can hear that. (laughs) But how do you feel? What do you think? Well, I think like the appropriation only comes in when people, like, I think that's why people were so mad at like Iggy Azalea. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because she came in, in first of all, she's she's from Australia. She came into this game rapping, and she sounded as if she was copying a southern black girl's cadence, even though she was from Australia, and she spoke with an accent. But then she came in with the big butt and the big lips and the boobs and... And she wasn't that great of a rapper, but she was getting all these Grammys, but she, but it was just, it was a mess. 
it was a mess. And then when people would bring it up to her, it would she would be like, well, you know, uh, I'm just doing me. And it's like, no, no. Like, but- you you know, when people feel like they, they came in and created something that they didn't. Right. And then you're comp- but, and then you get an attitude when people bring up to you like, hey, you know, you you sound like like as if you're trying to imitate somebody, you know, like not like Trina, but that's that's the only like southern female rapper I can think of right now. But, you know, she came in and, and it was just like, you know, it it's. After a minute, it's like, okay, fine. We can take the rapping. Yeah, it's not the best, but okay, cool. Do your thing. Okay, now here you are with, you know, sounding like you just came from ATL, but that's not where you're from. Okay, so fine. She, there she came to the States. That's where she resided. Great, that's but you're not. And And when you speak during an interview, you have an Australian accent, but then when you're <laughs> rapping, you're like... You're like super clean, like no girl, no, like it's not, it's not. And she came authentic. from Ti's camp, can right? What you say? Yeah, she came yeah. from Ti's camp. That's questionable because Ti's like you know he's always on that you know that tip, no pun intended. But but, <laughs> but how? But how he's always on that, that tip about realness, and he would be behind someone who's so fake. I don't get that. I feel like that doesn't well, make I don't sense. Think she came in, I don't think she came in necessarily like trying to copy, but I think she came in and she didn't have an authentic sound. I think he liked her sound and I think the fact that she she's fucking gorgeous, number one. She, you know, people are going to look at her and say, oh, she's exotic because she's from Australia. You know what I, you know. So it's like the novelty of this woman who does, who People look at her and they can't, you know, they they can't tell who she is or what she is. It's like, oh, she looks like a model. But when she raps, she sounds like, you know, a girl who grew up in the South rapping, you know. But then people are going to see through that after a while. Like, you're not going to get away with that. Yeah, people are going to see through that. But do you ever feel like, I don't know, maybe like in a a white person's mind they're like oh my god yes here's our white Nicki Minaj like do you ever feel like that's why she got so much like recognition because maybe they felt like oh okay I see someone like us who is everything that we want to be and she's doing it like loud and proud I don't know what goes on in white people's heads you know? <laughs> I, I don't know stop it Stop it. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. I Seriously, I That's have no idea. Because someone who does who's lack luster of talent to go so far because she's gimmicky. But look at Matt Look at Matt more. But that's my point. That's my point exactly. It's I feel like, like it's different. I feel like it's different because Macklemore actually respects and gives bigs up to people in the game. Like when he won for Best New Hip Hop Artist, he even said, like, I shouldn't be up here. I don't think I should have won this award. And he yeah, shout out Kendrick and other is also, isn't he from, like, Portland? Oregon? He's from that part of the country and they're always very conscious. And, like, he's he's going to be a little more conscious than... Someone like Iggy. I think, I think he has more validity than Iggy Azalea. That's for sure. I I think so. I give him way more credit than I, her. But that. But that's. But like, I mean, sorry to say, but a lot of times you get so many mediocre white people out here 
and they're getting all the accolades, but then you, then it's like, are, these black artists have to be like a fucking amazing just to, to get a Grammy nomination. Just like at work. Oh, <laughs> you gotta girl. Be, uh, talk yes. about did I, it. Did I, did I, did I Please. Talk Sorry. about it. I, I know. I know the topic is blue-eyed soul, and we straying away yeah. a little bit, but it's okay. Yeah. Okay, good conversation. Because still, I feel like I feel like that's the reason why people like Kylie Jenner and fucking Kim Kardashian are so famous is because they go get grills and they get corn rolls and they do this stuff. It's like you get the black girl without having the black girl. You yeah. know what I mean? And people love that yeah. because honestly, a lot of people are influenced by hip hop and black culture. Really, like that's really where the culture is because think about these people who are coming from these other areas what what they culture what they be doing what's their style what is it really like i feel like hip-hop and black culture really rules that whole scene it really does yeah, well american black culture is seen as really cool you know so it's like take you know you want to take bits and pieces of the culture where you want it but then, you, don't want you know, turn around and when it comes to the, the people and the struggle and all that stuff, then it's like you, you're nowhere to be found. And that's why people had a problem with Iggy because it was like you're, you're rapping and you're in this culture. And if you really think about where rap came from, it came out of a struggle. But then when people struggle and like you, you have nothing to say, but you're making money off of the rap and that's where it came from that's also why people were people were a little mad at um justin timberlake because you know he's very popular like people love him from our community and love him from everywhere else i'm just saying like and i mean he does a good job at it don't get me wrong but they're like you know when black lives matter came out and everyone speaking their piece on it he had nothing to say and people were just like, you want to be down with us, but you don't really want to be down with us. Well, you know he did what I mean? say something. He was what like, don't you know we're all the same? Oh, yeah. Bitch, that's what we're trying to t- tell you. No, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, since we're like, talking I, about Justin Timberlake, I want to get into my Blue Eyed Soul nominee. I mean, pick. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I said nominee like he's about to get an award. I well, don't think for them. Deserves a damn award because my man, my dog, my my white version, baby face R. Kelly. Don't I, I mean? Ugh, I just love him because he just takes me back. My man, John B. Mm-hmm. Where he okay. been? Where the song I'm about to play. Let's just take a listen. Let's just bring you guys back. Okay, okay. What are we playing? I'm playing. They don't know. Classic. Good one. i 
John B. Um, that song came out in 1997. Mm. He's from Rhode Island. When he first came out, everybody thought he was Puerto Rican mm-hmm. and homie is Cajun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people, fans have compared him to Babyface, R. Kelly, Clay mm. Thompson, oh Warriors. <laughs> I can see um, that. <laughs> Yes, I call every time I see Clay Thompson playing, I'm like, that's John B. That is John B. So, um, and then he's also, fun fact, he has written songs for Tony Braxton, Michael Jackson, and Color Me Bad. Um, and John has had a total of six albums. And the reason why we don't know those six albums (laughs) is because he, (laughs) His, um, the, uh, I guess the labels he's been under has had poor marketing. They've been on the shelves. There was no Whoa. promotion. No, that's for it. Come on. I, he came oh. out with an album in 2015, but really? I didn't hear anything about it. But now I want to go back and check it out. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this man, I don't think there's any manufacturing who this man is. I think he just oozes sexiness swag he I, I i don't know i would want to know about him there's no fakeness about him his voice is like velvet he's so good he's just 90s nostalgia for me he don't need to be no blue eyes soul. he could just be john b <laughs> <laughs> well you know what you know why i think john b was received so well um was because he can sing Right. Like, he can actually sing. You know right. what I mean? Like, he's not, there's no auto-tune. Like, he is actually sitting there in front of you singing. And you can't deny when somebody has real talent. And his voice is very soulful, is very R&B. Yes. You can tell that oh, he's good. not, like, playing around or he's not, like, joking or making fun of, like, hey, let me just sing this song and, like, pretend to be an R&B singer. Like, right. he can actually sing. Yo, you remember Don't and Talk? He, that was my song. Don't Talk. All right with you. <laughs> yes. yes. I like I oh. Do also. I yeah. really um, But also, like, he, I don't know, it's just oh, so authentic. And I love the fact that in his music, it's not overly sexualized. Like, he's not talking about taking you to the back and looking you up and down yeah, and turning you over. R&B artist. <laughs> but, I mean, we get the point. All, I mean, like, he, he don't need to even sing it. We were like, I know, John, I know. We, we about to do all of that. Mm-hmm. He don't have to say it, though. He don't have to say it. And I love that. And I miss that about R&B. Like, now it's, everything is, like, blatant. It's like, okay, we're going to do this, I'm going to do that. Like, how about y'all artists get creative and say some stuff and make, put me in that place where I can think about it in my head, but you don't have to tell me about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like we've mm-hmm. lost that artistry. Um, 
So I, I miss my blue-eyed soul. I wish he would come back and get with the right label and somebody put him on. But <laughs> <laughs> if you guys didn't know, he also, he was on, on they had an unsung about him, too. On oh, really? really? Yeah, so check it out. I gotta go look it up. Super, duper, yeah, duper good. Um, yeah, so if you guys missed in a little John B., check that out. And, you know, go download his music on iTunes because it's there, you know. But, yeah, that's my blue-eyed soul. Nice, nice. Joey, what's your pick? pick? So my pick, I was torn between a few artists, but I'm going to go with my boy, Alan Stone. Okay. So Alan Stone, he's from Washington, grew up in the church. And honestly, when I heard him, I really didn't even think about race. I was just like, I love this song. And then I looked him up and I was just like, what? Yes, I am totally, totally here for it. And then I love watching live, like when they perform live their songs mm-hmm. when you look it up you just see you know how some some people when they sing they just really get into the music mm-hmm. they feel it their eyes closed the veins are creeping up their neck like everything mm-hmm. that's how he sings he it's like coming from his mm. under when he sings yeah so well, the song that i chose it is nothing to prove so let's play a little bit of it He's very hippie looking. <laughs> he's, he's such a hippie. You will swear that he's trapped in like the fucking 80s or 70s. Like, seriously. Someone just spit him out like that. Like, 80s baby. <laughs> he grew up in the church. He feels that. And he names, you know, he named Stevie Wonder as one of his biggest inspirations. He was just I a kid. That. You know, he was only like a young teenager when Stevie Wonder's and Origins came out. But he names that as one of his favorite albums. He said he literally tried to like... You know, he always had it in him since he grew up in the church, but he was always told, you sound like Stevie Wonder. And he, like, you know, researched him, and Donny Hathaway as well, he names as one of his biggest inspirations, and he's like, he never takes that for granted. He knows where his inspiration has come from. And, you know, people, like, I think BET even, they do a special, or they did a special on Blue-Eyed Soul, and he was actually one of the artists that um, they featured, and he was just saying, he said, it's a humbling experience to be noted that way, because he's like, it shows that I know, you know, where the music is coming from, like, I yeah. understand the craft, and as then he's like, you know. yeah, and he's like, I just hope I'm doing it justice by being true and authentic, and it's like, that's all we want, that's all, yes, all we want, that's all <laughs> yeah. we want, that's it, you can do whatever you want, sing whatever. You could do whatever you want. You got it. It's in you. He's currently on tour, so. So check him out. Super dope. 
All right, so I'm going old school on y'all asses. So my pick is um, one of my favorite uh, blue-eyed soul musicians, and I chose Bobby Caldwell. Okay. And he is an older gentleman, mm-hmm. <laughs> 65. <Ooh. laughs> mm-hmm. 65 singer songwriter musician mm-hmm. um but his he has a few songs that are very popular because so many people have sampled his music mm-hmm. so um you remember common's song the light yeah um, i love that song yeah, so there are times, blah, 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 yeah. blah you know? Mm-hmm. I love that song. I will be by your side. That's, That's him? Caldwell. Yes. Oh, wow. You're teaching uh, me things. Lessons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, uh, no, the notorious B.I.G. song, Sky's the Limit. How's that one go? Um... Sky is the limit that that just keep on pressing on sky and it's the video where it was all the little kids um and one played biggie one played um oh one oh, played, oh I know what you're talking about, but who sang the sky's the limit part someone else sang it right um one twelve well yes, there we go yeah one twelve saying that yes, that's Bobby Caldwell as well. wow the yeah. That that samples his song. I chose Bobby Caldwell, and of course, I'm going to choose his most popular song, which is "What You Won't Do for Love." Oh my God! I and love it. Oh, I love that song. I'm going to play a little bit. Here we go. Search to find the love within Bobby Caldwell. So good. I love that song. Classic, classic. That song I love that so many movies. It has been done over so many times. Yeah, mm. the, the, you know, that's one of his uh, most popular songs. Yes, it's been, he's he's even redone his own song. Like, it, it's been done so many times. Um, uh, the first song we talked about, <laughs> Open Your Eyes, 
that was sampled by Jay Dilla. Um, John Legend used it. You know, uh, it was a common song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his music has been yeah. done over and over and over again. Um, but fun fact, when he first came out, they released a lot of his, I guess, singles, not with his face, but with like a silhouette. Mm-hmm. Just like a silhouette of his body or, a, you know, a, a man's silhouette. So a lot of people didn't know he was white until they went to see the show and the white guy came out and started Oh, singing. shit. <laughs> and they were like, oh, so he's not black. Wow. Oh, wow. That's yeah, funny. but he's uh, he's from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think he still is active in the music industry. I'm not sure if he's more of a background person now or if you know he's working with artists or bands and stuff but yeah just wanted to bring it back i love that song um we need to do another uh spotify playlist coming up soon so maybe yeah, we'll do, we do a valentine's day playlist and that will definitely Ooh. be on there oh that was a good one love that giving us a history yeah. lesson too <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't realize like even now when I'm you know when I was searching I was like, "Dang, I didn't even realize that was him." Like I knew I I've heard the song so many times, but I didn't realize the um Open Your Eyes was him. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, "Oh, I've heard the song." Never knew. Well, learn something new every day. Sure yeah, do. Thanks for introducing us to that. I know. There's so many, like, blue-eyed soul artists out there that are really killing it. And it's like, do you, boo? You talented. You got the heart. You got the soul. Do you. And I just have to say, even though I'm still a little salty about um, Justin Timberlake's All Live Matter, All Live Matter um, <laughs> comment, oh. I, I, yeah, I still believe that um, Future Sex Love Sounds was the, the fucking best. The best. Like he, that was his peak. That was. I agree with you. That was his best album. I agree with you. I love that. His absolute best. He was out of the music industry for so long, and he came back with that. I was like, yo. Yes, he came back, and then he had to go all all lives matter on this. (laughs) He's like, you know, sometimes it's better you just hush or think before you post. Okay, who are some quick blue-eyed soul artists that should probably get honorable mentions? Just quickly. Josh Stone. Okay, Josh Stone. Yes. I I consider Travis Garland. I'll say yes. that. Yes. Jojo, uh, jo- jo- obviously. Jojo, of course. Da- George Dolly? Michael. Daly? Am I saying Daly. it wrong? Daly. 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 Yes. yes. George Michael. Oh, his, yes. oh yeah. Michael. Of course. Of course, George Michael. Well, um, um, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. Uh-huh. Yeah. Daniel Merriweather. He's good. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Uh, yes. I love so much. I love her. I would even say the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees. The Bee Gees? Okay. Bee Gees with Blood Soul, yes. I would even say, I know we mentioned her before, I'd say... Um, Ellie Ingram. <laughs> Ellie Ingram. There we go. Oh, oh, oh. Ellie Ingram. Okay. <laughs> oh, shout out to the UK. Ellie Ingram. Yes. I gotta say, the, the soul artists from the UK really have stepped their... No, that's Because, look, we that's just so named true. Sam Smith, Amy Winehouse, Ellie Adele, D- Adele Daniel Merriweather. Like, these are all UK artists. Yeah. So, big ups to them. Thank you. <laughs> 
Yeah. Thank you for blessing us mm-hmm. with some culture. With some culture. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if you guys have any blue-eyed soul artists or who you think will fall in that category, let us know. Send us a tweet, Instagram message. If you're a singer yourself who you think you might fall into that category, let us know. Send us your stuff. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.